Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. Now, this episode is a continuation of the one we released yesterday. So if you haven't heard that one out, check that. But that's a continuation of the one from the day before. This was a three-part podcast because we had a super long conversation. So we chopped it up into pieces for you to make it more easily digestible in your day-to-day life. Appreciate all of you guys locking in. As always, make sure you stay subscribed. You know all of that good stuff. I ain't got to keep telling you. Most importantly, get buckets, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We talk about the New Orleans Pelicans, the difference in young teams winning and losing. And I had a bit of fun, you know, just a little bit of banter about Devin Booker's 70 points game. Because I know you guys, if you watch the Heat Check show, we always have a little laugh about that one. And these guys always get onto me for my team holding that 70 point piece. So we had a little bit of fun with this one. I hope you guys enjoy it and had a blessed weekend. I'll catch you very soon. Enjoy the episode. I, I really like Zion, okay? But you can't tell me that Zion is a point guard full-time. You can't. Yeah, they're, 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 no one's going to convince me of that. Okay. Whatever position you can defend, that's probably the position nine times out of ten you really should be playing. Lonzo Ball cannot defend the point guard position. I can't put him no, up You mean Zion? You mean Zion? Zion can't. Zion can't defend that position. Okay. Now, Zion, if you're telling me that Zion is the point guard on the team, I don't know about that one. I think it's more point guard in the sense that LeBron has been the point guard for most of his teams without actually being I, the- I watched, I watched LeBron James play as a ninth grader. LeBron mm-hmm. James, I've said this from the moment I saw him in Akron, Ohio, LeBron James is a point guard. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, yeah, but but his teams, if we think of his most successful teams, they've had. Well, I'm talking about the Miami Heat teams. They had the Mario Chalmers or the Norris Cole at the one spot. And what I mean to say is, if New Orleans think that Zion can play that role at the four no, spot no, 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 with no, Zion, I, I, he, they yeah, can no, have he, a one on their team. Who doesn't no. cost them twenty plus million a year? No, it, it, the difference is, I want to say it again in a very nice way. <laughs> LeBron James has been playing the point guard position since he's been in ninth grade. When I first saw him, probably before that. Do I feel that Zion's best operating area is the ball in the middle of the court where he can exercise and do what he does? Absolutely. And the reason I'm saying this is because he has an advantage against bigger players, which is he has speed and quickness. If you put a a guy his size, he will just he'll just go through people. Mm-hmm. I agree that Zion should be able to catch the ball from key operating areas and have vision to pass it to the other four players or score himself. I agree with that. You know what that means? You know what that sounds like to me? He sounds like he has the ability to play and build a system around him. That's mm-hmm. what it sounds like. LeBron James doesn't need a system around him. Le- LeBron, LeBron James just needs space. He LeBron needs is just the space. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah. needs space around him. You follow me? I, I think it's more because they went heavy with the, the offense of the Pelicans this year, went heavy on Zion handling the ball in screen roll situations with the screener being a one or a two who then flares okay. for the three. 
And that's what they really went what, heavy with. This is what Zion knows. This is, this is what Zion knows. Let's break Zion's game down so we can understand exactly who Zion is. Okay. Zion reminds me of a guy named Charles Barkley. That's who he reminds me of. He reminds but he's more explosive than Charles. I don't know if he dribbles as well as Charles, but he's more explosive. I don't think he's a better rebounder than Charles. And I'm not sure he's a better passer than Charles. And the reason I say that is because of the following. If you're going to be the best player on the team, you have to play from two areas. There's two areas on mm -hmm. the floor where the best player can get the ball and have the ability to pass it to the other four players on the floor. That's why that player is a special, special player. I, Those I, players I, are the following. They can play from the from the low box. Why? Because you can pass it to the corner. You can pass it to the top of a double team. You can pass it back out, repost. You can, if you're great, you can hold the ball up high and pass it to the weak side of the floor. Okay. If you're a great player, Zion, like Charles Barkley, is a great talent, but Charles Barkley wasn't tall enough to pass the ball from the low post to the other side of the floor without taking a dribble. This is key. Okay. Okay. When we played against Charles Barkley, our whole idea was do not let Charles Barkley pick us off without taking a dribble because the dribble gave us a chance to recover because he wasn't tall enough or did he have big enough hands to hold the ball with one hand? See, this is, this is why great play. LeBron James can hold the ball from the post with one hand and pass it out. I think Zion's got that one-hand pass on lock, but you're right. He doesn't have the height. He doesn't have the height but, to do but, it. But I can double-team him with a big guy, and he can't see on the other side of the floor. But, yeah, this is this is what I'm saying is the, the reason is the, the Pelicans now, what they like to do is they like to sell off down screen. So he's coming curling. So he's catching the ball, and he can take two steps and just dunk it. Or okay, they're I, running, so, so they're not just giving him the ball on the, on the low post or the pinch post and saying – but, do something okay because they've That's not even Zion. you're saying what we can do for zion if you're going to be the best player or the great player you got to be able to shoulder the load for all of the other players this is what i'm okay he yeah. can get his there's been a lot of players who can okay i can run a play 2x and get that's fine if that's who you are zion we, let's work with that but if you're telling me he needs to be the point guard that means he's got to facilitate he's got to do what we saw chris paul do the other night he's got to get this guy involved he's got to manage the time to score he's got to score a little bit himself he's got to disrupt the other team when they get if you're telling me that no i'm not buying that but if you're telling me i can set a down screen and he can curl and he can get to the rim and dunk and score 35 points i, I believe you i believe you i and i believe he could do that every single night yeah. against anybody I, I don't care what position he's at but if you're telling me that you want zion to manage the game as a point guard no i'm not listen, buying that I, this is not what i'm saying this is what i'm being told now if i yeah. was the coach or if i was the gm i would keep lonzo i would pay lonzo because i love the fit with lonzo and zion williamson i love the fit okay that's what I would do if, if I was the general manager or, or the coach or whatever it may be. 
And I would give Lonzo a bigger role in orchestrating the offense. But then you also have to factor in Brandon Ingram needs touches and he needs the ball in his hands to go to work and do what he does. They got a lot of moving parts out of New Orleans and it's not helped by they gave that huge contract to Steven Adams who can't offer you any spacing on the floor. And when you got a player like Zion, you need the spacing. And they're trying to trade Eric Bledsoe as well, who I know you're a big fan of, but I've expressed my opinion on Eric Bledsoe and his three-point shooting ability. So I'm not a huge fan of having that guy on a roster with Stephen Adams and Zion Williamson as well. So I just think that they need to get the roster right. But I like I like Lonzo. I like what Lonzo can bring. Well, I think Zion's going to be a star I, I, in this league. And, and Zion, the other thing as well, is he can score with so much efficiency that it's worth I, I, building I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this about Zion. I'm going to say this about Zion. I think it's important, whoever they hire there, that they have a system in play that we can figure out which is going to give us the best chance to win. Why do I say that? It's because we got two all-stars. Mm-hmm. And we can sit here and debate. We can sit here and debate who's a point guard and who's not. Random Ingram is an all-star. Yep. And when you become an all-star in this league at his size, he deserves some touches. So y'all can't tell me that we just go center the offense around this one guy and forget about the other guy. Random Ingram is an all-star in this league. And I know Zion can score. Random Ingram can score too. He can score. He, he, now Brandon, he, can get, get, he can get some buckets. So I think the most important thing for this young team to figure out is what's the style of play? Not on the offensive end. I'm not even concerned about offensively. Like Zion can score. Brandon Ingram can score. How are, where can they defend? We're talking about, here's the, here's the, here's my only concern with Zion. I don't even care about his offense because the guy can score. Like who can stop him? What are you and I going to take a charge on Zion? No, that's not happening. Hey, it, it, run me max contract. I'll take a charge. Okay. <laughs> that was, ain't no other way. <laughs> but here's my, here's my concern about Zion and Brandon Ingram. Mm. Okay. Let, let me tell you why they need Steven Adams. Yep. They need Stephen Adams because both of those guys right now aren't like top defensive players, Brandon Ingram and Zion right now. Could they be? Absolutely. They could be. Brandon Ingram could be great because of his length. Zion could be great because of his foot speed and his ability. He has strong gear. He could be. But when you're a young player, it takes time to learn. So they need to make sure that they have defensive players. Stephen Adams has always been a nice defensive player player reliable and this kid yes and this other kid Lonzo Ball when he's healthy especially on the ball against guards now he is a good matchup oh yeah he he's one of the best defensive guards in the league I'll give you so I think I think until we figure out how Zion and and Brandon Ingram are going to defend are they going to defend threes and fours are they going to be twos and threes I don't know, and I don't really care. But whatever they do, then I can build the team around those two. We got two all-stars now. There's no difference between those two all-stars and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown and those guys now are going to have the team built around them. I hope so. so. As we're talking about, <laughs> as we're talking about all these other players, we have to hold those two guys accountable as well. Yep. Those because, two guys are all-stars and they're great players. And there's no way, like, if you look at it on paper, 
there's no way that the Memphis Grizzlies should be in the playoffs before the Pelicans last year, this year, whatever it is. They need to figure out some stuff in New Orleans. Well, I, I, I would say when you look at the way we're looking at the game today, because we just look at stats, you would say that. If you're looking at a team, they play together as a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, to, that's what have, I'm saying. They, on on paper, with the pieces they have, they should be doing better than they are. I mean, okay, but think about okay. Let's look at the Memphis Grizzlies. You got John Morant. What's the one kid's name? Dylan Brooks. Uh, what's the kid? Dylan Brooks. Brooks is terrific, by the way. Oh, he's balling. He's terrific. Balling okay. out this season. Now, both of those guys are both defensive players. John Morant's a terrific defensive player. He's a terrific defensive player. I, I wouldn't say ability. terrific. I mean, oh man, he's a young player. Okay, I'll say it again. When you come into this league, you're learning how to play defense. Hmm. He has to guard. He has to guard. Okay, Damian Lillard. No, but Brooks guards these guys. Yeah, but this kid John Morant never ducks the matchup. But, they switch but, everything. I feel you. They switch. Everybody is switching everything. Now, Dylan Brooks starts off on these guys, but John Morant matches up with these guys. Okay. And he never dodges the matchup. This is what makes him special. We don't hide him. That's the one thing we kept saying about the last series of against Trey Young. Trey Young is not guarding the other players' lead guard. John Morant is not hiding in the matchup. He is, he's got size. He has things. Yeah. Trey Young will become a better defensive player as he gets older in this league. We all do. That's, that's, that's just common knowledge when you come into the league. But when you look at their team, John Morant and Dylan Brooks, terrific different. This kid, Jaron Jackson Jr. For all he does on the offensive end, he is a terrific defensive player. I've had clients of mine tell me, he might be the best screen and roll big in the league. Well, on defense. On defense. I've, I've had clients. I've had clients tell me that. I've like, man, where are he from? Where, where, what? Because he's long. He's athletic. He can move his feet. Now he can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. You got you. You got big JB there. Who's JB's underrated? Take a foul. Underrated. underrated. Big. I'm gonna be screaming. Have, this. I've been screaming this. And they have nice role players. Who come off the bench and play their role? Mm-hmm. They, they have a good well. team. They, they dropped dra- well in Memphis. So, now Memphis, I mean now New Orleans has more of the bright lights. They got they got they got Zion, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, da da da. But I don't know if they have a better team than that Memphis Grizzlies. That Memphis Grizzlies team, it's not an accident now that they have been vying vying for the playoffs last year before the break before you know COVID hit yeah where they got to the bumping so this but, team John Morant's impact has been tremendous since he's gotten down there but this, this is my point is before COVID it feels like a lifetime ago right it was yes. the Pelicans and the Grizzlies both going for the eighth seed but since then the Grizzlies have improved but the Pelicans have somehow got worse. That's that's my observation of New Orleans. They have the pieces necessary to figure it out. They just need to start figuring it out because 
they're seeing other young guys in the league have all of this success. So that's just my take on the Pelicans. They need this season to at least make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs this upcoming season, it's a disaster because all these other young guys are coming in and doing their thing. You know what? I, 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 I agree with what you're saying, but I, I want to say this because I saw a big improvement from Zion from his first year to, to this past year. I thought he was in much better shape. I thought he played great for longer stretches. I know he got hurt, I think, at the end of the season this year. Mm-hmm. I just want to see this young man continue to, because if he's available to play for 70 plus games, I think all of the things we're talking about will take care of itself. Zion presence alone brings about a lot of expectations, but it's unfair for me as a former player, as an executive to put this type of pressure on a young man who doesn't have the experience yet on how to carry a franchise. I feel you. it. See, so the first year was cut short. Second year, he gets hurt. Okay, at some point here, Mo, I know he puts up tremendous numbers, but you still have to do the work. You still have to, and and this is his third coach yep. in, in three years. You understand? So, Mo, this is unfair to put this type of expectations on these young players when there's no stability yet no, within the franchise. My expectation is not on them. It's on the franchise to put them in a position to succeed. You see what I'm saying? Well, if you don't make the playoffs, I can't blame Zion and Brandon Ingram because we know they have the talent. My my well, thing is... Do I, we know or we think they do? Do we or do we think they do? They, they because do. Because none of them have done it. Because none of them have done it. Like, where have you seen this? Brandon Ingram didn't do it in L.A., where have you seen him do it? Where have you seen him carry a franchise? Where have you seen Zion carry a franchise? You, but, but you know, if either of those guys were put into a better situation. They, they are they the situation. Be. They are all, they are what they are two of the top 24 players in the world right now. Top 30. Okay. So we know they have the potential to do it. Where have we seen them do it though? This is the difference. Where have we seen them? Have you seen them do it? Now, hey, I, on my I television, know. they haven't done it. I know they can do it, is what I'm saying. I okay. believe that they can do it. Okay. And I've you not believe seen, they can. And I've not seen anything to show me they can't do it if the situa- okay. situation gets right. Okay. You see what I'm saying? But, same, same way Devin Booker was losing for four, five years, and you could have said the same thing about Devin Booker. I've not seen him do it. Where's Devin Booker done it before? But now... He's in the right situation. They've got the right mix of young players and veterans. They've got the right coach in Phoenix. They're playing the right style of basketball. Now he's going out there and doing it on his first try. You could have said the same thing about Devin Booker before this this season started. I've never seen him do it. But yeah, because the situation he was in wasn't maximizing his talents and putting him in a position to succeed. That's why I can't go with the line of, of, I've not seen him do it before. Because it would be remiss for anyone to say, that these guys couldn't do it if the circumstances were optimal around them. Devin Booker's availability. That's the best, your your best ability now is your availability. Devin Booker has been, for better or for worse, we've all known that Devin Booker could score, but he just wasn't on a good team. 
Devin Booker hasn't had stability with the, I mean, he one year alone, I think he had three coaches. They fired their coach, I think, at the beginning of the first game of the season one year up there. Again, I'll say what I said from the get-go. This is Zion's now. This will be his third coach in three years. Devin Booker has been available. His availability has been there. You could argue on whether or not his scoring ability would translate to a winning situation. You could argue that. Okay. But let's get this clear. Devin Booker caught my eye in the bubble. They went undefeated in the bubble minus Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. That's when he caught my eye. I said, oh, this young man not only could score the basketball, no one's ever said he couldn't score. I said, now he's starting to play winning basketball. This is, this is the difference. DeAndre Ayton was there. Um, What's the other kid was there? Bridges was there. Uh, all of these other players were there. Sarwich was there. They added two pieces. They added two pieces to this situation. They added a kid Crowder and they added CP3. Now, I want to go back to the Pelicans. What consistent, what is going to be the consistent thing that Zion and Brandon Ingram can do? Because no one's arguing their talent. These are incredibly gifted young players. What is going to, we know they, they have talent. When are they going to make the jump that we saw Devin Booker make where Devin Booker alone now, minus Chris Paul goes undefeated in the bubble. That's when he caught my eye. I said, that young man is ready. I, I remember saying, I was like, oh, wow. He's, he, I was like, this isn't like he scored 70 against your Celtics one night. That was and fake. You just knew he was just. That's, that's, yeah. uh, that's people. But, but, but fake or fake. <laughs> 70 is 70. I don't care. That's a lot of points. I don't care how you, how you no, score it. That's a lot of no, points. No, no, no. I'm going to say this because I hear this from, from everyone all the time. Was, when your team is fouling the opposition to send them to the line just so you can get the ball back on offense, and when everyone else is moving out of the way, and when even the home crowd is cheering for you to score, that's not a real 70 points because the game was not competitive. If you got 70 uh, in a win, or if you got 70 in a game where you lost on the buzzer, or if it's even a five-point game, I respect it. I do not respect okay. your team being so bad that, all right, cool, we're just going to put on a show and give this guy the ball and let him score all the points for us. I, I, I don't I, respect I, I agree But aside from purist, that, I agree with the rest of what you're saying. Aside from that purist, 70, I don't acknowledge that 70 points. Oh, that 70 yeah, points is not in the same as Kobe's 81 points. Because Kobe's okay. A1 points, they needed that. They needed that stretch. Remember when he was averaging like 60 for the month? They needed okay. that to win games. I, I, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. For better or for worse, I played with a player who scored 69 one night. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't know if anybody. I don't know if anybody needs to score that many points. There isn't a such thing as need. There's a such thing as do you have the capability to do it? And everybody has to understand their role in this game. You understand what I'm saying? I watched the man score 69 in the game. Okay. And everybody understood then. Just like the other.
play your role and play your position. I'm, I'm, I'm s- not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not, all I'm saying is I watched a man. I think, I think that man one. I think this man, listen to this Mo. Listen to this. All you right. got to check it now because I'm old now and I can't remember. Check this mode. I know we're going a little over. There was a point during that game, Mo. And I, re- you know, there's certain things you remember. You go, I watched a man, Mo. I think, please look this up, Mo. All right, I'm looking. I watched a man. I think he scored about 25 consecutive points in a row during that game. Mo. Mo. Yeah, take a look. I want to make sure I get this right for the listeners. I think he scored literally, Mo, 25 consecutive points in a row. Like, Mo, like, it wasn't like, you know, he missed. He scored 25 consecutive points or so in a row by himself. During that game, Mo, you might find it, you might not hear. My point being is this. Mo, we were watching something we knew we had never seen before. And I remember saying, I just want to see how many points he can score in a row before anybody else on the team scored. Mo, you understand? I and the you. team knew that. Did we, did we say it? Mo, imagine playing with someone who scores 25 consecutive points in an NBA game and the other team is double teaming him, triple teaming him. You mean to tell me? <laughs> this is this, this oh. is what I'm saying to you. This is what I'm saying to you. That 69 points won the game. First of all, you won. Second of all, it was in overtime, meaning he needed those 69. You guys, <laughs> someone wasn't scoring. Do you know what I'm saying? Because if it's like, like th- th- there is no, no way you can tell me Jordan no. 69 what if I and Devin Booker are on the same same stress I can respect Devin Booker's scoring ability, but I'm telling you that 70 points in that game against the Celtics is not some badge of honor. That was a sham. Watching that, because I can watch the Jordan <laughs> one, and it's greatness. When I watch that 70 points, you know what I look at when I see that 70 points? How pathetic is the rest of this team? That's what I see. That's us. And I'm not taking anything away from Devin Booker because I agree with every other point that you made. Yeah, yeah, no, no, right? I, I, I get, no, I'm I, just saying that one particular game, everyone loves to get excited about. I want you to, I want you to find out, Mo. They lost. Because Mo, sometime, and I know it's this, you know, I, I, you know, there, there are unwritten rules that you can't say as a, as a, but there are certain things that are happening out there on the court, Mo, that I recognize and I go, it's a beautiful thing because the players recognize that. Like, the late Will Chamberlain, like you don't score 100 points unless everybody is on board. Yeah. You don't score 80 points or 70 points or 69 points unless everyone's on board. Like, Damian, you just don't do, Mo, you just don't do that because the team needs it. No, you do it because, you know what? The team understands that. Okay. Devin Booker, 70 points. Playing alongside Tyler Ulis, who shot one from four. <laughs> Derek Jones, who went two from three. Mo, Alex we Len, Mo, who went four Mo, from five. Mo, Marquise Chris. Leandro Barbosa at the age of, I don't know what, what age he was. Jared Dudley and Alan Williams. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Okay, that, that's, this is all besides the point. We're going to have to wrap, wrap up this episode soon. But all I'm saying is, that's 70 points. 
I don't, I'm tired of hearing about it because it's not the same as Jordan 69 and it's not the same as Kobe's 81 because he was down double digits and they were fouling to get the ball back in his hands, to get him extra possessions, to get up seven points. I'm not respecting it, but the rest of it, I agree with. The bubble performance, I think the bubble performance was a million times greater than that 70 points. That bubble performance was something special. That bubble performance I looked at and I was like, wow, this kid is really special. That game when he hit on the Clippers, where he was double teamed by Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and he scored over both of them with the fadeaway, that was special. The 70 points, though, I'm, I'm done hearing about that. I just, I had to get that off my chest because people have been celebrating that, that game for so long. And I don't know about you, but I can't celebrate a loss. Jason Tatum could score 100 tomorrow, but if the Celtics lose that game, how could I possibly celebrate it and wear that as a badge of honor? Yeah, my guy JT dropped 100. Well, you, you still lost. That's just me. I don't know about everyone listening. I don't know about everyone else. I like winning. That, that's, that's all I'm saying. But <laughs> I feel like I feel like we've got to wrap it up. We could talk for hours. So we're going to keep talking for hours. We're going to drop more and more episodes. So everyone who's locked in right now, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an upload from the legendary BJ Armstrong and your boy Mo. And leave us a review on the Apple Podcast Store because it bumps us up in the ratings, apparently. And um, until next time, get buckets. <laughs>